The future of business is responsible. El futuro de los negocios es reescribir el crecimiento de las empresas. Conscious commingling of growth and impact. Le futur du business est conscient et responsable. The future of business is intentional and transparent. The toekomst van bedrijven zal de combinatie van kennis, creativiteit. Welcome back to Future of Business, a podcast run by a bunch of Oxford MBA students at Said Business School, where we take you on a journey to explore the diverse range of sectors, stories, and expertise embedded in the Oxford MBA cohort and beyond, and how they will shape the future of business. My name is Sandhya Sridhar, and today we'll talk about the world of family business and how they navigate through various challenges they face along the way. Joining me is Shwei Win, who is also an MBA student from our cohort. And prior to the MBA, she used to run her family business of garment manufacturing and retail operations back in Yangon, Myanmar. Shwei, thank you for being here, and how are you doing today? Great.、Um, today is Friday, so I'm just looking forward to the weekends. Ah,、oh, aren't we all? Now that it has been more than two months, what has been the highlight in the Oxford so far for you? Any place you love particularly, or any experience you have enjoyed the most? Yeah, so there are two things I've been enjoying.、Uh, firstly, is rowing. So、um, rowing is quite、uh, commitment intensive. So、uh, I've been trying to、uh, commit to rowing at least once a week. And another thing would be cycling,、uh, because back in my home country,、uh, cycling along the main roads is generally not safe. But it's so different in Oxford; you can just cycle to anywhere. So I've been enjoying that experience so far. Yeah, and cycling is so famous here in Oxford, so I'm glad you're loving that experience. Okay, Shwe, so why don't we start by you touching upon your background, your industry, and what is something you have learned during your time in Oxford so far that has challenged a preconception you had about the future of business in your particular industry? Okay,、uh, so my background is in the garment manufacturing and the fashion retail operations.、Uh, it's my family business, which I have been working on for the past five years, prior from manufacturing until distribution. And my experiences span across strategy implementation, operations, and distribution. So、uh, one thing that has challenged、uh, a preconception. Conception about the future of the business in my industry would be the climate impact issues and the the concept that is、uh, quite popular、uh, here, which is a degrowth concept. So、um, for us,、uh, where Myanmar is especially in one of the low income countries, we rely generally on the manufacturing and agriculture export for our economic growth, and we we need to rely on the growth of the fashion retail brands, but. At the same time, I also understand the impact of the fast fashion that has upon the environment and the changes that is generally taking place in the future. So, as the business owner in this industry in the future,、um, I was thinking how I can partner with the clients that put ethical sourcing and also balance the climate impact issues and the degrowth concept that we'll be facing in the industry. Amazing. What crisis did your business face, and、uh, the measures you took to overcome it?、Uh, so there are two parts in my、uh, business line. One side of it is the manufacturing, the garment manufacturing、uh, factory, and the other part is the retail distribution. So I think I'll focus on the garment manufacturing and the challenges that face that we face as a factory and how I overcome it. So firstly would be the、um, 
the challenge when the country reopened up because our country was uh, under the military uh, rule for the past uh, 60 years and when it opened up a lot of the international brands come in so that means a lot of the imports from like a neighboring country like China and Thailand they also come into the country at the same time as well uh, prior to that uh, my family business was solely manufacturing our own in-house uh, fashion label brand so the factory was just focusing on manufacturing that brand and when the imports come in we have to also um, ramp up our production to be more efficient and to be more cost effective. So there was this competition challenge that our factory faced. So what I did was I changed the business model by making it more resilient and agile, by um, changing our product from in-house label to uh, manufacturing other manufacturing for other local label brands and also adding on different product lines uh, such as uniform pants and kit clothing kits clothing so that we are more resilient and agile so uh from that uh pivoting the business model from uh, only manufacturing in-house label to manufacturing for other fashion label brands and adding on different product lines gave us an advantage during COVID, because when the first wave of COVID hit, there was no business and the activity stopped for the first few weeks in our country because nobody knew what to do or how to figure out um, with the COVID and how to move forward, especially in the manufacturing facilities where there was uh, no space to just uh, do safe distancing or where there was no enough equipment to just make sure all these staff are safe. Uh, but I took this uh, challenge as an opportunity where I started manufacturing reusable cloth masks and because I managed to um, take up that opportunity fairly fast it gave us a first mover advantage where we acquired a lot of the major uh, clients including international clients like UN, ICRC so it gave us a lot of um, advantage in gaining that sector so the main thing I did here is just to prioritize the staff, staff safety throughout uh, the COVID and ensuring that they adhere to the measurements and guidelines that we as a factory has implemented like safe distancing, wear masks all the time, make sure that they wash their hands when they come to work and uh, make sure that they have um, enough protective equipment uh, to come into work and also at the production part we ensure that we are rapidly making design changes uh, according to our client feedback so that we can produce the mask as what our clients wanted because it was our first time it was everybody's first time manufacturing such uh, reusable masks we didn't know how to proceed with it but uh, collaborating with the clients and like uh, receiving feedback from them how to improve on it and rapidly incorporating throughout uh, make sure that we succeeded in this entire process. That's really interesting, Shree. So you mentioned some of the crises you faced uh, in the manufacturing line of business, but can you also touch upon uh, the kind of crisis you might have faced specifically during the COVID times in the retail distribution side of things? Yes, of course. Uh, so retail distribution also took a big hit during the COVID because uh, during the first few weeks, all the shopping malls closed down and we have a lot of outlets at the shopping malls where we uh, sell our fashion brand. 
So uh, what I did was I changed the business model from retail distribution to online sales department where we do Facebook live streaming to sell clothes online. So uh, during those period, rather than asking the uh, sales staff to just stay at home during those periods, we upscale their skills to do live streaming and sales, sell clothes online. Initially, there were quite a few challenges. Before COVID, uh, everything was done very traditionally, which means we only sell clothes through the retail stores. We don't have a Facebook page. We never have to sell through the other channels. So this was a very big challenge for the entire retail distribution department. There were shy sales staff who didn't want to go on live on Facebook to do a Facebook live sale and also setting up a Facebook page and managing it to setting up a new entire department to handle the sales coming through that channel was a big uh, issue for us as well. It was a deep learning curve, but I'm glad that we did it because right now that online sale department represents at least 30 to 40% of our entire revenue. Thank you so much for sharing all those experiences with us. And what I loved hearing too all that was how you changed every challenge into an opportunity. Also, we are all aware that your country went through a military coup recently, and I'm sure your business would have also faced many challenges during those times. Would you like to share some of those experiences with us? Yeah, so after the first year of COVID, when we all thought our country was on the right track from recovering the COVID, then the military coup happened. It happened on the 1st February 2021. So there was a lot of instability in both the politics and the economic. There were a lot of increasing urban violences, a very unstable infrastructure to conduct conduct business on a daily basis and not knowing which rules and regulations to follow because there were so many changes with the regulations within a day. So uh, for example, one day there can be a cap on how much money you can withdraw from your bank in from your bank account. The next day there can be a petrol sales limit. So there is a limit on how much uh, petrol you can buy. And the next, uh, you can also have a day where everyone decides to do a silent strike. So you will have to arrange uh, all of your staff to take a day off so that they can all uh, participate in the strike where you have to just prioritize what the general consensus, consensus want and take swift actions to whatever information you have and play by ear. And also you will have to know your priorities during those moments so that you don't get swayed by whatever instabilities that you face throughout the entire time. When we connected sometime earlier, you did mention that uh, almost around 85% of your staff were women. So it would be really interesting if you could also talk more about how you promoted women empowerment in your business and the ways in which you encouraged them to get to the forefront of management. Yeah, of course. So initially when I joined the family business, only two were women in the managerial positions and the rest were men. So that doesn't accurately reflect the entire workforce. And also there are other issues uh, such as high absenteeism and turnover rate. And when I deep dive into the reasons why there were such issues, firstly, there was cultural issues of afraid, afraid to speak up, especially to their male managers. And also for women, after a certain age, they are expected to give up their career and just focus on raising their families. And another fact would be that women only come into the garment industry as a temporary stop and they don't generally see any future because 
the trend in the industry is that a lot of the men would be in the manager positions and that's the reason why they do not see any progressments in the career as well so how i uh, come around to solve the issue was initially i set up a proper structure from the trainee to manager level with monthly check-ins so for the trainees part i would only promote internal hires especially for the operators who were manufacturing the clothes so we would only hire juniors from outside from the internal referral programs so we already know when they come in they already have a partner to buddy up in the factory and also they will be a more a higher tendency to stay within the factory because they have somebody that they know in the factory and that's how we trained up our trainees and the second part would be the supervisors we would start giving them more responsibilities initially they were very reluctant to take up the responsibilities because they were afraid of the consequences of the mistakes so in our culture even in the education we were raised up not to speak up to against older or we were not we were raised not to question uh, our teachers so uh, that comes along with uh, the reluctancy to take up responsibilities or ask questions in the workplace so how i did was for the first three months uh, the factory will incur any cost or losses that come from like taking up new roles because of course like when you take up the leadership positions there will be mistakes you made along the way so there will be um waste waste stages or errors that might be along the learning journey and of course uh, from our side we will incur any cost or losses from that so they were more confident to take up the supervisor roles and also in terms of the quality insurance wise we bring all the supervisors to the client meetings whenever we can so that they need they see how we how hard we have to work especially on the sales and marketing side to acquire all these uh, clients and they know that they have to prioritize qualities to retain these clients and also if there were any um, challenges or issues that they face during the production they would also have to come along with the client meetings to explain to the client so that they feel more confident speaking up and they start to under, under they really start to understand why the quality is important and another way how I build up the confidence is also to bring along bring them along to the client meetings whenever we face uh, challenges during the production phase then they will come along to explain and collaborate with the clients to solve whatever issues they have faced in the uh, production line then that's how the supervisors understand what clients actually want rather than the sales team communicating to the production team then the production team will actually understand how the clients prioritize the quality thank you so much and this was very relatable because coming from a country where uh, women are not encouraged to speak up much that was a brilliant approach from your end and after having implemented this like what changes could you see in actuality yeah so the changes that we saw was a tremendous and amazing right now 80% of our managers and production line supervisors are all internally promoted and they actually reflect the gender equality in the management level. Now 85% of our management is all female and we have actually brought down the absenteeism by 
really questioning the managers and the leaders, the reasons why the staff are absent and now they can communicate better both from the manager side and both from the operator side because there is this um, collaboration and trust among the team. And also it makes the managers aware, become more aware of their team and really collaborate to produce quality products. That's brilliant, Shri. Also, as you are the co-chair of Family Business Club for this year at the Business School, what plans and vision do you have as a team for the club? Yes, so we have two main goals. The first goal would be to build a lifelong network with the people from family business backgrounds who have done family business or people who are interested to go back to the family business to uh, work with them. So how we're doing is to plan speaker sessions, networking events and brown bag lunches to discuss um, hot topics around the family business such as intergenerational conflict management or succession planning. And the second uh, goal would be to start discussion around the family businesses both within the SBS community and also with the wider University of Oxford and also with the other business schools. So this means uh, we have to create events to increase clubs interaction with the SBS alumni and also with the other SBS programs such as EMBA and MFE candidates. That's lovely to hear. So any of you who are interested in family business, you know who to reach out. And lastly, our podcast is called The Future of Business. So what do you think the business world would look like in 100 years, let's say in 2122? I cannot predict what is the future going to look like, but this is what I hope how the business world would look like in 100 years. I hope we collectively would have achieved at least half of the on not almost all of UNSGG goals such as no poverty, zero hunger, quality education, gender equality, and affordable and clean energy for all parts of the world. And coming from a third world country where we are going through a military coup right now, I hope all the developing countries would have successfully transformed themselves to developed countries where they will be enjoying economic prosperity and freedom. That's very exciting and hopeful. And I think all of us as future business leaders, this is what we should strive to achieve. Well, that's it we had for today. Thank you so much, Shui, for taking out time to talk to us. And it was an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Of course, thank you for having me here and giving me this opportunity to speak up. This is my very first time going on air and such an amazing opportunity to do it together with you. Oh, likewise. And thank you to all of you listening. If you don't already, please make sure you're following Future of Business on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts from. So you'll be the first one to know whenever we roll out an episode. I hope to have you all back for our next episode. And until then, take care.